Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice 8 Productions. Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 82, Getting Back on Track. I am your host, Ed Horton, and alongside me tonight, once again, one Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, how are you doing? Good. And of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going? Good, thanks. Good. So we're going to try to make this a little bit of a short one. We're having scheduling issues. We've had all kinds of fun stuff. So we're actually recording this on a Saturday, the night that we're supposed to be streaming Inquisitor Martyr. So we're going to try to do a shorter show so we can get to doing that and then we'll get back on our regular schedule. So the main topic tonight is mostly going to be us discussing what it's like getting back into the game stores. We've all been doing it, and it gives us an opportunity to kind of just sit down and chat. So, Chris, I know you've got some cool stuff, but I've got to get Ed's 40k corner in first. So, Ed and Sean's 40k corner. I was just going to say, I'm not the only one that's got 40k discussion. I intentionally held off on talking to to Sean in the pregame so that I could have this conversation in there. So, Sean, what have you been doing lately? Um, well, a couple different things. Um, my son and I got together at my house today, and there's only like one or two places in town that have game space open and are too far away for me to drive to. So he came over today and we played our first, I'm not going to call it a game, but kind of sit down and figure things out. Um, sure. We, we did uh, about 660 points each. He had a little bit more than me. Um, I was at 655. He was at 662. So it was right in there. Um, he was playing his Thousand Sons and me, of course, the Space Marines. And which it was literally. Chapter, what chapter did you go with? Um, I'm doing the the Ultramarines. Ultramarines. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's things in me that want to do a couple different things, but Ultramarines is probably the best. Blood Angels looks really cool too. But I told you, you could easily just paint them your own paint scheme, and then today they're Ultramarines, and tomorrow they're Blood yeah. Angels, and it, the day yeah. after that they're Salamanders. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's just you know, I, don't, I I haven't figured that portion out yet. I still you know don't have. I still have minimal amounts of stuff, so... Yeah, um, no, 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 it's fine. Like, but, like, like, I don't knock anyone. Like, I know plenty of people who are through and through Space Wolves fans. They have the Space Wolf tattoo. They are only ever going to play Space Wolves, whether they're good or they're bad. Every one of their Marines is painted in the Space Marine. They, they couldn't possibly imagine a great yeah. posing as a uh, an Ultramarine today. Like, they just couldn't get it. And I get that. I genuinely right. get it. For me, it, it, again, in my early days of gaming, it was simply a cost thing. Like, a, a Tactical Marines, a Tactical Marines, a Tactical Marine, whether a Blood Angel, whether it's a Dark Angel, whether it's whatever other chapter, if I just paint them my paint scheme, which is the Sons of Steel, everyone keeps calling them Imperial Fists, they are not, because they are black and gold, not red and gold. Um, They can be whatever I want them to be today. Now, that does right. get a little bit tricky with special characters, because I had to make my own special characters that had the same armament, so... If I wanted to do Marius Calgar, I have one of my sergeants that's got two power fists so that he's technically equipped WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get with the right equipment that Marius Calgar would have had, but he's obviously not Marius Calgar. He's Marvin Calgar today. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't get that, you know, I'm not that big into the lore and I don't really care about that right now. My goal is just to learn to play and learn to, you know, first put crap together and then learn to play, which yeah. we did today. Yeah. We we did. We each had two units and then he had a one of his casters in a unit and then he had this big, big gigantic 
looking thing on the table that would would have just rolled me over if we would have done uh, done a full game and stuff. But we we literally just did one round of play where we did a lot of building and setup first, and then after that we did we did the movement phase, and then the uh, uh, what is it the psyker phase or whatever it is. Did that phase, and then we did combat, and there's still a lot that we have to learn within those things, and it was just range shooting, and of course, he has an advantage because we're playing on a small table, which is fine, um, you know, where I didn't get my 36-inch van- advantage, where he was, you know, we were within 24 inches to be able to shoot, so... Yep. It, it was it was a lot of a lot of fun, and that's the whole point of it was us doing it on a small small space. And yeah, there is a bit of, a bit of a minus actually going to going first in the game. Um, well, you were yeah. opening yourself up. Yeah, and and for for us, we didn't we just we didn't really go by the rules and who did what at what time. Oh yeah, no no no, that's fine. I moved, then he moved everything, and then I shot everything, then he shot it. That's pretty uh, much pretty much how we did it because compressed time and. Um, you know, we just wanted to get some gaming in and stuff. So, but we got through it all and it was, it was actually really enjoyable. Um, I, you know, there's, there's some nuances in it, of course, strategies that I'll have to learn, things like that. But it, it was really an enjoyable time spending time with my son, being able to sit down and just talk and play and learn and laugh a lot and, you know, just, just see how things are going on and stuff like that. So, Good first, you know, good first introduction to it. We may do another one like that, but do it with um, more melee combat rather than range combat. And then from there, then we'll go to the, you know, next steps of bigger armies, bigger, bigger playing fields and things like that. So you can, but we had a re- oh, go ahead. well, I was just going to say that we, you know, the, the goal for us isn't to sit there and one trounce the other. It's, it's that, you know, get together and, you know, spend time with my son, him spend time with his dad and, you know, and just play games, you know, because that's that's the whole. Lately, we haven't been able to because we're so busy trying to do other things in this short period of time on a Saturday and stuff. And, and you know, but we did, you know, spent six hours together, which I don't think when you're my age and your kids are grown, six, six hours is, you know, that's a great amount of time. So, yeah. Um, then we, we did, we went out to the Warhammer store where he bought some paints and then he bought the, it's the paint holder thing like what Chris has when he does his, um, yeah, does his, know, those things you know, different sizes I learned because of course Gabriel yeah. was watching, uh, Chris's stream, saw this, like, oh, I want one. So I just picked one up off the shelf at my game store. Here we ended up getting the XL one, which is meant for like the large, large bases. So he can't do an, oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the, no, I'm talking about the, where you, where you put, yeah, where you put the pots. Oh, okay. I and, think it's a little handle guy. Well, I, yeah, we, we both have those too, but it's it's these things right here. It's oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, yeah he bought get the, another set so I can finish my wall. Yeah, he bought a uh, the what did he, he bought the it's like a ninety dollar I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a ninety dollar one that has a whole bunch and it's a case that you can take with you too. Yeah, it's like a hobby hobby two set or something. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but it has, like, I bought the one with two of these in, and I decided I'm going to completely change my whole hobby space in this office where I'm at and how I'm going to do things. And so I have to wait for the rest of it to come, but I bought, like, an art table. Yeah, I bought an, (laughs) yeah, so I bought an art table, and then I'm going to just change everything I have in this office, and, and that way I have the hobby space, and then I have this space where I have the computer space and stuff. So, 
small rooms, you know, that type of stuff. But um, and then I saw while we were at the games workshop store, I saw one of my old, not old friends, but friends from X-Wing and stuff. And we had a pretty good conversation about X-Wing second edition and, and stuff. And, um, you know, he's kind of waiting for the get back together to play because that's kind of what he like. He's like me. I'd rather play face to face than play even on Vassal and things like that. Where yeah. you know I'm not a good spatial person when it comes to 2D screens, so Vassal's really hard for me unless I unless I cheat, size it out, and use movement sticks and everything. <laughs> you know, which which I could do, but I'm not going to. But we've never talked about that on a previous podcast where you can <laughs> find out where things landed if you just pre-cut out movement things and set them on your screen. Set you them never, on the screen, yeah. We never talked about that. Just before. put it as a one-to-one <laughs> ratio and you it's easy. Yep. It's easy, yeah. So, and then uh so, you know, that was nice to have that conversation about X-Wing and kind of gets me back into the, you know, let's get I'm not going to go into the politics of it, but it'd be nice if we could get back to a world where we don't have to worry about this, you know, the COVID stuff because people's making choices that are causing it to continue. But mm-hmm. like I said, but the other thing I did is I bought the the Descent Legends of the Dark game today. And the game store that I, I bought it at, they have a program where you get a point per dollar you spend. And then it's a little weird, but if you spend 150 points, you get 10%. If you spend 250, you get 20%. And so I spent, I had a bunch of points on it from buying stuff. And so I was able to get it for 20% off the right. game. So $180 you know, game basically for 145 And it comes with, of course, everything for the game. It comes with the, um, whatever the bad guy, I haven't gone through everything yet, but whoever the bad guy is, comes with a, a similar sculpt, but it's a better sculpt. It's actually more refined. It came with four of the discs, the, the health discs that are acrylic. So those were promos, which are pretty cool to me. And then it came with promo cards, which I don't really care about promo cards, but whatever, you know, they're cards for the game. And then I bought the sleeves for the game and stuff so that I can sleeve everything up. Then it comes in a nice box. It's actually a two, two tier box. It's like a box inside of a box. So the bottom of the box has what look like, you know, walls, walls in it that are like a dungeon walls in it. And then it has another box that's the same size that sits on top of that, which holds all the plastic. They actually did blown plastic form for all the figures. So you don't have the figures in the bags like you did in first and second edition. So you have all of that. You have um, all the cardboard and stuff, which I'll probably be punching while we're doing our show tonight is uh, they have all of that that you can put together, then put in the bottom and store it all the 3D, all the because it's a 3D game now. So oh, it comes with, didn't know that. yeah, yeah, it's actually, it has 3D uh, terrain and stuff like that. So now I've got to go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty cool, but it, it's designed with all that storage in, in place. So, you know, I, I really couldn't be, I, like I said, it's one of my favorite games, so. I like the it, the only thing that sucks, and I will say this, which it's a fantasy flight thing, and I understand it. This was an early release, so I don't think every store got early release games or early release sets. But the app doesn't come out till August sixth. Yeah. <laughs> you can't play it. I can't play the game until August sixth because the app doesn't come out. But I guess that's a way for me to kick myself in the butt and put everything together and get it all ready to play and read through and learn everything again because I'm sure it has different rule sets and stuff. But you can't really do anything until the 6th with it because it is an app-driven game. 
Yeah, so I mentioned some madness second edition. It's a hundred percent app driven, whereas in hundred percent app driven. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's not before with descent. You could do the adversary role, so it's a five player game. One with the like Imperial Assault was, and I think was it Mansions of Madness like that. Um, like your normal dungeon crawls, basically a hero quest, D and D to an extent. Yeah, where you, where you had a, playing as a dungeon master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of one of those things where I, not disappointed, but it would be cool to have that. So if you have a five player group, you could do that. You know, where you don't have to cut somebody out or things like that. But no, it's it looks really good. It, it's. A lot of people didn't like the artwork. You know, there's a lot of complaints about it, but I just think that's the way we are today in society is if it doesn't fit exactly what our, you know, mold is for the world, then we'll just complain about it. But this one here to me is it's it's a good looking game. It's I like the cartoony artwork in it and stuff and the, the figures are a little more cartoony and Stuff, but it, I could fall off on it because I backed the um, the reprint of Hero Quest. Oh, you did? So, okay, you did. Yeah. You're... yeah, which is cool too. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't know if I'll ever get time to play both. So I don't know. I'm yeah, decided. Yeah. How do you feel about having a board game that's completely app driven? Because I keep thinking I don't mind it at all. I've got Mansions well, of Madness already, and it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. Well, Imperial okay. Assault went to it. Descent went to it. I had this interesting conversation with my son. So, for example, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 came out on pre-order. Look at that. Those do look gorgeous. Yeah. Breath of the Wild 2 came out for pre-order, and he intentionally bought it off of Amazon as opposed to buying it from the Nintendo store. And when I asked him the reason why he did this, he's like, well, I want to have a physical copy of it. You know, if anything ever happens, I always will always have that physical copy of the game. And I said, well, that's kind of rare because, like, right now, that's kind of where the video game industry is going. Like, physical copies of anything are getting super, super rare. Like, my tower right here, there isn't even a spot to put an optical drive in it. <laughs> like, I've got three mm-hmm. big fans on the front, like, legitimately having physical media. And obviously, the new PlayStation 5, the new Xbox that came out, they came out with digital edition only so that you would download the games. And my concern is, is that at some point in time, someone like my son's going to get nostalgic about the PlayStation 5 and want to play PlayStation 5 games and can't get them because mm-hmm. the PlayStation Network isn't being supported anymore. The game's not being supported anymore. So you have games that you paid for and can't play with them. But like board games, board games are always, in my mind, eternal. Like all the contents you need to play of the game are in the box. If that, if fantasy flight games or atomic mass games were ever to go under and they didn't support the app anymore you'd have a physical board game that you couldn't play because it's app driven i think that i don't don't worry about that the reason why i don't i don't worry about that because i know that if that ever happened the community would take over it's like imperial assault has another whole community that's taken over the game and you know I think they like even 3D print models and things for it, but they produce new content continuously. And good for them, good for them. So, like, XCOM was probably the first app-driven game I can think of. Yeah, XCOM was there from Fantasy Flight. It was. I don't know if others did it, but XCOM was their first truly app-driven game. Yeah. Um, when you right. say, when you say app-driven, like what is like? Is it the everything's machine? done in the app? So every. So app, the app drive. So if you're looking at XCOM, XCOM does all the timing. Does because it's there's four players and you're literally playing like an XCOM video game, but you're playing it on a board game with an app, and the app drives everything. So I think the app tells you. Or, um, yeah, you, you might be able to, are probably easier to describe. I think. Um, yeah. 
So basically, it'd be think of playing D&D, where I'm a dungeon master for our group, so I decide where that's the monsters yeah, go. I, yeah. I, draw, I draw the map. So what used to happen, for example, Mansion of Madness 1st Edition, you had a book of scenarios, and you'd build the map that the thing told you. Yeah, just like, right. just like Hero yeah. Quest. You just literally mentioned yeah, it. Exactly. Like so for Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, the app will tell you that you start off on this tile, and that's all you see. That's- and then, and then it, it builds, when you open the door, it it'll tell you what, what room that is and who's in that room, and it'll do the conversations for you with, like, audio files for yeah. the no, exposition. No, no, that is really, really cool. Because don't get me wrong, if you've, I mean, you've played Hero Quest. I mean, there was always something weird about, like, you could see the entire map later. Because for those of you who have never played Hero Quest, you only have one board, but you have multiple scenarios. I think there's, what, six or eight in the original We've had board? this conversation already, Ed. Oh, that's right. That's on the US version. In the UK, we didn't have to do that. We built it as you went. So for ours, in the US version, you open the book, and depending on what scenario you're playing, there was a map inside. So the board itself was very generic. And depending on what scenario you did, you put doors in different places and put furniture in different rooms kind of thing. But as a good, if you were running the game, like you did all that stuff ahead of time, because otherwise every time someone opened a door, there's a 15 minute pause while you have to go through and put everything in. It just delays the game. So to um, shorten you up, you just built it all out ahead of time. So I could see the advantage. And maybe if they had a book that went along with it, like if the app ever failed, like you can always just pull this stuff out of the book. Maybe I'd be more, maybe it's just me. I'm old. I'm, I, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, I can't possibly imagine pulling a board game off the shelf and not having all the contents to be able to play it. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Because it doesn't feel like a board game, that it feels more like I'm playing the app and the board is just kind of there, a secondary kind of thing. I, I, I can agree with you on that. I mean, I can see why that would be a concern. My big thing about it is is that as you get older, it's harder to get groups together. Oh, yeah. No, no, I get that. So, so I really like these games because they become one-player games, too. They're not just a five-player game or a four-player game. It's a one-player game. Well, it's not wrong. Like having all those audio files and the conversations, like being done by professional voice actors, like that helps with the immersion. I'm on board with that. I totally. So the thing I would say, I've got Imperial Assault. I've never played Imperial Assault as a player. I've never taken one of the heroes and managed to run through and actually play the game. Yeah, I've always had to be the Imperial player. But you could, yeah, yeah. That's see, that's the problem with it is that a lot of times people, a, if you own the game and you have your group coming, you're probably never going to get to play the game. Where going down to a four-player game and being able to play, I think, is more fun you know, for everybody. Because it's, you're, not, you're, it's not when you are against your friends either. Yeah, yeah. It's It becomes you against an app. So you're against an adversary, and that's what's pretty cool. I, I see he's gone green as well. I was going to say, I was waiting for Kermit the Frog to start singing. Am I, am I dead? It's not even Your video has gone off, that's so. all. Oh, okay, hold on. But it doesn't do the same thing that it would normally do, like nor- like right now. Like it's got your icon that you put on. There. Uh, it's the no- problem with the webcam. It probably needs to unplug the USB and plug it back in. Yeah, I'll just go without for the rest of it. I don't want to yeah. screw anything else. Up. No. But anyway, so that's that's kind of my uh, my week in uh, in gaming, and I got together with a friend that lives down in Atlanta. He came up for the week, and I was able to jump jump in the gaming sessions with him. And got to play a few pretty cool board games and stuff. So it was a good week of gaming for me. We'll just put it that way. That's good. good. All right, Chris, you're up. You've got stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I'll st- I don't start know. off 
just so that it, we keep the theme going, I, you know, I, I finished painting my Necromunda gang. So I posted it in the Discord in painting. They look so good. I've they really do. Finished all nine of my slave ogrins. I did a most of them I got done on the stream, but um, finishing them off, I was like, I need to get them done today. Um, so I didn't stream today, but I've been painting pretty much uh, since 10 a.m. this morning, just painting straight through to now, stopping good. to eat and ablution breaks. Good. Oh. I wanted yeah. to do that today. I had way too much stuff on my plate today. Tomorrow is going to be more like that. I've got a couple of things, but my my hope is that I'm going to be starting new models when it comes down to painting with Chris Sunday, as opposed to finishing off the old ones that I still have not finished that I need for Tuesday to play against Logan. I'm hoping to start my Astarte. So, like, I'm going to prime a five-man squad. I just want to test the scheme and see how it So I'm hoping to start doing that while it's sit down and paint with Chris. Yeah. Oh, I was good. Uh, the yellow got to be more and more frustrating. Uh, the pictures don't really show show it, but because once you got to a big bulky armor, trying to do a contrast yellow didn't really help at all. So yeah, it was a it is a bit of, of a hardest, nightmare. One of the hardest colors to cover. Yeah, so I did uh, did some painting. My Necromunder gang's finished, um, and then we I had my meeting on Thursday when we should have recorded. Um, was it wasn't my the, fault this week. Yeah, it was it was all me. I knew coming into this week that I wasn't going to be able to record because we're having this meeting about like um, running events at the store and how all that was going to work and everything. So um, that meant that on Friday we could have our first X-wing night back at the store in the after hours room. So I got there at about ten to six and left at two a.m. That sounds like a good gaming night. Yeah, I got three games in. I made five different lists. Uh, well, one of them was the um, Septus list that I ran before with the two I-5 uh, drones and the, uh, two I-5 tri-fighters and the three H- uh, HMP gunships. Um, but I made four new lists. I made... Um, Ooh. A, I don't know if it wasn't even a new Rebel list. It was a list I told Mike he should play. The um, four X-Wings, the B-Wing with the tractor beam. Oh, so I ran, ran that. Uh, sorry, I didn't play with that one. Um, I, but that's in my case at the moment. The Septus was in my case. Then I did a, um, a Kylo list with um, just a stupid Kylo. Was it the fat Kylo or the thin Kylo? He is extremely overweight. <laughs> uh, let, let me find I, ju- I just saw mine today. Um, I, w- I went through my stuff. I was looking for those Alpha Class Star Wings. I found those, dug those out, and I saw a fat Kylo. I'm like, oh, there's fat Kylo. It's only 89 points. Only. Only. Uh, extreme Maneuvers and Prime Thrusters on Kylo. Then I went with two... Um, this is just terrible. I just <laughs> couldn't be bothered doing anything good. So I went with two uh, TIE SFs, um, both Zeta Squadron Survivors, so the Initiative 2s, mm-hmm. with Automated Targeting Priority, Special Forces Gunner, uh, Concussion Missiles, and Passive Sensors. Mm. So the 50 points apiece... A bit chunky, but um, they get to do interesting things, and because of 50 points, you want to kill them. And not Kylo. Yeah. Was this the Kylo kills one ship and then everyone runs away kind of list? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to play a game with it. And, um, this was one of the lists that didn't make it to it. This list and the X-Wing list didn't make it to a table. My... And that's the... Is that the four X-Wing and a B? Yeah. My Can't Imperial wait. list made it to a table, and that was the um, Darth Vader... And um, the two um, tie RBs doesn't doesn't matter. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. It's Vader, and that's it. 
Cardia Academy Cadets are called. That's the name. The Initiative 1 to IRB with Synced Laser Cannon and Maneuver Assist because you can't afford um, the shooty title. Um, I I think I posted pictures of this on um, on the Discord as well in the X-Wing channel. Yep. So I set both of my uh, my ties up on one side, and then Vader was kind of like uh, in the middle just so he could go anywhere. And um, yeah, the ties didn't quite handle how I expected them to. It was in my head, I was thinking I was going to fly them like I would fly a fire spray. You know, just mm, yeah, I can go, see go, I'll move in, then I'll do a K turn and then start running and shoot them at the back. But one, they don't have K turns, they only have talon rolls. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be really cognizant of the area you're going to need to turn into. So you need to turn early, if anything. Uh, and then at the, to get a rotate, you can't do it obviously when you're stressed or anything like that. And they don't have a front and rear. So if you want to shoot while you're running, so I lost one of them pretty early because I didn't really protect him. The second one lived until the end of the game. But I think I lost by 16 points in the end. Um, it was against a scum list with Han in the Falcon with the title and triple zero. So Vader can't go within range one of that word base because like, I things happen. But I suppose I could because I'd just be giving Han more calculate tokens and stuff mm-hmm. but then a surge ventress so vader can't go within range two of her um mobile arc or else i take stress um yeah just a bunch of like area denials if he had a, a quad jumper so i'm like i can never be within range of him to do a maneuver and track to beam vader so it was just a bunch of area of the table where i couldn't put vader and i had to just get him stuck into fighting um the two heavies and then get Vader in. So, yeah, uh, it was fine. I think a bit of practice with them, I could see the list working better, but I kind of feel like the tie RBs might be slightly overcosted, which wouldn't surprise me in being newer ships that haven't seen a points adjustment yet. Um, that was my first game, and that was against Matt, one of our listeners. Hi, Matt. Um, then the second game was the Droid West, and, um, that was against some Jedi, um, and that I think I flew okay, but I just got absolutely decimated. I, I, that's the only game I had. It, it finished two minutes before time, but I, it wasn't my day. I, I can pinpoint a couple of mistakes I made, like just for a lack of flying the, um, the gunships. I didn't use. Uh, there was a couple of times where I had them in the wrong mode, where like doing the side slip moves instead of being able to do the turns, and I was like, "Oh, I've messed this up now." So I was like a couple of turns behind the positioning I wanted um, a couple of times, uh, but I got some good moves in as well. But yeah, the dice didn't bail me out for my mistakes, shall we say? <laughs> uh, if, if you want to see me lament it more, I, I can complain about my dice, but I, I'm going to be a better man than that. It's just, you know, it's fine. It's casual play. You beat me fair and square. Just for fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, showing him how, like, doing a three hard side slip into a red barrel roll, and suddenly instead of being in the centre of the table, facing like, up the table, you're on the in the gutter of the table, on his side, facing across, and... So weird and wonderful ways that they move. That was good. And then the last game I got to run 
the list I posted in the Discord um, the other day, which was my, uh, my fat Anakin in ETA, an 85-point Anakin, and three um, V-Wings. So I still, I think I might have done, I feel like I've had this conversation before, but I really want the V-Wings to be good. And they're just not. We have, we have. It's one of those things that because they don't have, I mean, up until this new upgrade pack comes out, they don't really have a lot of options. Like, they kind of have to be good. Because what, aside from, like, Jedi, what else do they have? Like, they don't yeah. really have much of anything to work with. Well, uh, this was the most upgrades I've done in a list for a long time. So, like, Anakin's got Extreme Maneuvers, Predator, Ion Cannon, R2-D2, and a whole upgrade. Uh, so, like, it's a bunch of cards. And each V-Wing is the uh, Initiative 3 generic with Shadow Squadron Escort. All three of them have dedicated thermal detonators, R4 Astromech, and the Besh title, or Besh configuration, to let them take the thermals. But I got, and that was against a guy playing two TIE Defender Elites, which is the double tap defenders. Um, so you get the cannons and um, the primaries. And then there was a Sabre Squadron in the I4 Interceptor. And I. Yep, I'm a random ship to add into it. Uh, so all you have left, and he wanted initiative four and a three dice attack. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he won, so it was fine. Um, I got Anakin in, and got the Ion Cannon on one of the defenders, which set, set him up to eat. It would have been five thermals in one round, but he managed to initiative kill uh, one of the V-Wings. I, in that game, the dedicated just gave me more chances to roll, like, not evades. It was awesome. Things that don't help. Yeah. Um, but my my V-Wings just popped really quickly. And then I think we had, like, five minutes left, maybe. And I had the choice of boosting out of Ark with Anakin when he was undamaged. I was like, oh, I think, because I've got extreme maneuvers, which when you do a boost, um, you can... Um, spend a force to do a hard one instead of the bank one. So I think the, the hard one sits me just like, instead of being in front of his defender, it puts me in his flank facing him. So I get a range one shot on him instead of him getting a range one shot on me. So obviously I did the boost and then it clipped and um, I failed my boost and had to go back, sit there with just my two force. And um, he promptly annihilated Anakin in like one shot, all full health. Just gone. Like, yeah, oh. serves me right. I should have just boosted out. Um, but I, that I was like one in the morning, you know, fun, some playing some fun games. So I, I knew I'd made the wrong choice. I had soon to fell with stealth device, and you just blank out all of them, and you like pick a sh- you pick for, with one dice roll picking a ship off the board. It just never feels good. Never. <laughs> I was fine. I, I wasn't. I wasn't too bothered. I got ice. It was my third game of X-Wing. It was like one o'clock in the morning or something. I was just happy. Um, It didn't kind of feel right to just fully do a running kind of thing. So I I tried to get my one little V-Wing to take him on that I had left, but, you know, I didn't have any bombs left. And, uh, yeah, so he won that game. So I, I lost all three of my games and still had a good time. Because it doesn't matter if you win or lose, you're rolling dice in person. That's a good yeah. thing. That's a good thing. I what agree. What else did you do? Um, well, I so a confessional time. I uh-uh. I've just slept a lot this week. I've been really. I've still got these fucking uh, mosquito bites from when we went to Drumheller like two weeks ago, 
I mean, I'm probably going to have to like, book a doctor appointment, that's the tough, because they're still like really itchy and really bad. So I've been taking antihistamines for them, but they just knocked me out. So whenever like, I've not had Evie, she's been in daycare twice this week, and I've just like swept for most of the day. So I didn't. So I, I had to paint all day today because the painting I planned on doing on Wednesday, I didn't get done. The painting that I planned on doing on Friday was supposed to be different to Wednesdays, but I didn't get that done either. So I'm like three full days behind on my painting. Um, we'll make up to work tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be good. Um, but yeah, that a bit more. Uh, I worked until like two a.m. Um, one one shift this week as well. I did. Um, I did, we started playing Arkham Horror again. Yeah, uh, so that go. was good. Um, we we started the Dream Eaters cycle, which is we're only two cycles behind now, but we haven't done any of the re- return to boxes that they do. Um, but I was playing there. I was playing um, Nathaniel uh, Nathaniel Chill. Uh, the the boxer. So at the first, the, the first oh, like seven young Chris. <laughs> I was. Well, I'm not generally. I kind of play either the investigating heroes or the investigative investigators or um like the the rogues because they're all color based. I normally play either like the yellow ones or the green ones because generally Bill will play the the blue defender bitey ones. I was like, no, I want to play a defend, um, so a guardian. The card, so I uh, I got to play this guy. But obviously, because the boxer, he doesn't really use weapons, which is a normal way that they work. So it was just pretty different to play. And obviously, because he's one of the new investigators that comes in a pre-built deck. So I had, I I literally got, I didn't pack anything. I just took my sealed deck and opened it when I was there, <laughs> sleeved it while we were getting ready. And then was learning what my character did as we were playing. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a couple of changes to a deck that I'll make. We kind of change the rules a little bit. Normally, you've got to spend an experience point to swap out um, a level zero card to, for a different one. And I was like, well, we just agreed. Well, if you just make a shitty deck because you're not really sure how your investigator works because you're playing someone new, that just punishes you. Because you won't get as much experience because you made a shitty deck. Yeah. And then to make it better, so you're always like two scenarios behind. So we, we changed, like we house ruled it, maybe two scenarios, like two campaigns in. We're like, yeah, let's try something a bit different. Well, that makes sense too, especially if it's something you're not experienced with. You don't really know which way to go. Yeah. If it's a deck building game, like just saying to change a card that you could have put in your deck for free when you started now costs you points to put in. Just felt a bit off. I, generally, the way we do it, because of the old release schedule, you've got like two scenarios in the big box, and then you buy the eight, like the six packs after that. So we said that while you're while we're playing the um, the, the first two scenarios, the you base. get to freely change your deck. Once we're in like the middle of the campaign, then we're kind of locked in. But yeah, you've had enough uh, time to figure it out by that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it's not that long since we last spoke, so... I know, there's not a ton to cover over. Oh, we played D&D. We did. We did get some D&D, and we got to have a really interesting combat with... Spoiler... Uh, I don't know if... I, am I allowed to spoil Curse of Strahd? Yeah, it's fine. Does anybody care? Yeah, we had an interesting combat with a hut 
on legs <laughs> that did a lot of damage. I mean, it was easily. Right, first, I know that Chris was not a gigantic fan of the scenario because, as far as the story and the atmosphere that Curse of Strahd drapes over itself, it definitely felt out of place. Of all uh, the stuff that we've done, it definitely I, felt out of I'd place. I put effort in to like figuring out. The, I think I said at the time when we after we finished the encounter that if you guys had been less murder hobo, <laughs> it probably would have felt better in that regard because there's a bunch of stuff. Like, well, I mean, it, we were, it, we pretty much shot from miles away without even really investigating anything. All right, so I'm curious. Hmm. This is from the same group that played Village Simulator for two sessions straight before we ever left our house. Like, we were trying... So, like, there's a part of... the we have a clock ticking in my head that I know that we're going to lose Sean at some point in time because of his work obligations. So but we almost of- lost Sean anyway, you know? Yeah, if it had failed that same. We almost lost- oh, that's kind of what I was getting at with this combat. But my point is, I think that there's a big part of in my head where we're like, we know that we're trying to to button up some loose ends before we finish the campaign. And I'd like to get to the end of that with Sean. I want him to be there so like he started it with us. I want to be able to finish it with him kind of thing. Um, so there is, uh, I will admit, there is a part of me that is driven by that desire to make sure that Sean is there at the end with us. So maybe we would have probably role played it out a little bit more than we did. Um, that having been said, even though it was a weird scenario, even though it definitely felt out of place for the motif of everything else, it was an, it was an interesting combat that almost TPK'd us. Because if Sean goes down, we are screwed. Because we Chad almost died. I think Alan would have probably been the next to go down at that point, and we have no um, healing. Greg got down to like 20 health. Or less, yeah, 20 health as well. Greg, Greg, Greg drank a potion. I healed myself a couple times, and then not only I think what it was though is this the first time we've seen expressive damage the way that we did. Yes, when you're seeing thirty, thirty to sixty points of damage, I don't think we've seen that yet. So I don't think we were ready for that. You know, no, I mean we've had some tough encounters, but it was mostly like environmentally tough, like trying to figure out the puzzle, trying to figure out the best way to approach something. Not like this. This was just straight up something punching us in the face really, really hard. And and that's where after the fact, when I sent that message, you know, to the group about you know asking some questions about skull, the skull and stuff, we really that's the first encounter that I've been playing with the group that we didn't think first we just shot first yes and, although and I, I do recall an old woman that was kidnapping kids that i may have just opened fire on and didn't care <laughs> from having the beginning of the scenario that's right i opened fire on an old woman in the streets all right yeah i mean but i think that that's the first time we never like stopped and tried to figure something out yep we just we just went and just blasted we went guns a blazing and our positioning was terrible we didn't oh, think God, about so anything bad. we we <laughs> really ran into that one and Let's all probably should have done. Lines I think lightning, lightning two, two things saved you in that encounter. The first one was the initiative that I rolled. If I'd have rolled either what, like maybe so, Babo Saga was at a um, a twelve by the initiative step. If I'd have rolled a, above a seventeen, I think, or below a nine, the the hook probably comes out. 
because of a good way the, the game flowed, the hook probably comes out around earlier. So if you if you are fighting her when she's got a bit more health in the tank and the hut, but because of the nature of how it fell, my plan was that once she hit fifty percent, she'd call on the hut. But you took her from you took her from like seventy percent down to like thirty percent in the interim. So she was a little bit more cautious about um, how aggressive she could be. And then Greg got the two counter spells on her lightning bolts. Yeah, that could have been really, really bad. Really bad. <laughs> like, dropping multiple characters, bad. Well, if she gets the two lightning bolts off, we lose, I think. I agree. Or we lose, we lose, we lose people. We, we lose people at that point, you know. Because I was ready to start rolling my bard there for... I was down to eight hit points. <laughs> At one point, and then I got myself back up to like 26, and then I had to roll the save or I die. Yeah. Because I'd have been, I'd have been like minus 20 something or minus 30 something at the end of that. So you would have had a, a, like, you would have basically had a turn where Alan would have had to go to heal you because he was the closest. And if he didn't heal you, you would have been dead. Like, and he was still pretty far away too. I mean, that would have been cutting it close. Yeah. Well, because he, it would have been two that, turns. The spell that went off would have turned you into a zombie, and we can't uh, so bring you back from being a zombie. He, he still gets his death saves. Oh, that's true. But, Even if he's that low? Uh, yeah, you've got to go um, your hit points as a negative to auto-die. Oh, I gotcha. In, in one attack as well, it doesn't like carry over. Oh, okay. Well, I'd have, been, I'd have been minus 20. Yeah, that's... What was I? I'd have yeah. been minus 18 is what yeah. I would have been. But um, what would have happened is the hut would have attacked you, which would have been two automatic failed death saves anyway. So you still had and I, no matter what. Well, that's from one attack. If I put two attacks into you, you're dead. But mm-hmm. I, I was nice. I never put multiple attacks into the same person from the hut because if I was if I if I was an adversarial DM, Babylon Saga casts power words done from more than sixty feet away from Adara which she then can't counterspell. And then the hut goes and hits them with advantage three times. And he dies. And then, yeah, they just die. Because the hut's got plus 12 to hit. So attacking with advantage should be should be three hits, which was averaging out at, what, like 28 damage a hit. I took like 30-some. Yeah, it's good. It was good. I'm confident I, I could have killed someone, but... I tried to play it in the same tone of the campaign so far, but just escalating the stakes. And well, and Theseus blew up her hut. That she wasn't very impressed with that. Yeah, yep. She was pissed. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was ready to roll the bard at that point. That, 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 that got a little that little worrisome. Yeah, <laughs> that close. I think in the campaign too. That's the first time I've had to like be a healer, healer, and I was only healing myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for mine, I don't have a ton to cover, because again, we did just do this about a week ago. Um, this was my off week for going to the, the game store. My my wife has a bike club that she goes to about once a week or once a month, and this is her bike club night, so 
I ended up staying home on Tuesday night. Um, I did get a game in against uh, Gabriel, who is testing his new list, and damned if I can ever beat that kid. It's funny to me, because I'll play Chad, and I'll basically do really, really well on that game. And then I'll come home with the exact same list, and he basically rolls me. He beat me, so it was so bad that by the end of my fifth turn, 40k is down to five turns, at the end of my fifth turn, when I've totaled up all of my points, I was still behind him by eight points, and he hadn't even taken his turn yet. He would have gotten another 15 for having three objectives, and then some for a couple of his secondaries. Like, that wasn't even counting his secondaries. So it was pretty bad. He's got a really brutal list. Space Wolves are pretty darn good, and he's really enjoying it. And I think the th- this is the fun part for me. Um... As a parent, having someone who, having a son who's not really getting into the game and old enough to understand it, like Gamer and I used to play a lot whenever he was younger, and it was always the same thing. Uh, we did a lot of team events. The the group that we used to play with here locally, they haven't they stopped doing stuff a few years back. Um, used to run these great events, and the, one of the one events that would run would be these team events where you each came with a thousand points, and it was a team of two versus a team of two, and we would do really really well because I would make Gabriel's list for him. He would know what stuff he needed to do, and he just pointed at stuff and made it go away that's that that was his whole job um and that's what you do whenever he's you know they're eight nine ten years old that's kind of the but now now i walk into the living room when i come home from work and he's sitting down with a codec and he's sitting down with you know battle scribe and he's making lists and he's trying stuff out and he's asking me about rules well what happens to here and he's got the rule book sitting out there like that, that's happened twice this week where i've come home from work and he's sitting down or he's or he's painting his orcs like i've got the wet palette sitting right here next to me he's sitting down he's painting he's like He's really getting into it. He's starting to see the tactical side of it. So there's a lot of fun part for me. It's like, I, I like the fact that I have to have a challenge. You'll not, you not have to go to game store anymore. Yeah, I know. Well, as, as Sean alluded to, um, I, I am kind of curious to see how things go in the next few months, especially when fall comes in. Um, in the U.S., the CDC has announced that they're recommending for kids going back to school to be all masked, whether they're vaccinated or not. Uh, my kids will be doing cyber school all year this year, so it's not really going to affect us. But what I do see coming um, is the very high likelihood, hopefully it doesn't happen because all these local businesses are just now starting to get back on their feet. But if they do another shutdown, if things get even remotely close to where they were, they're going to shut everything down again and then it's going to get to the point where like all like i just got it back i just got it back i just got that 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 taste of this is what it's like to go out to the game store this is what it's like to see people that don't live in your house or you don't work with on a screen like you can go out and actually see individuals and human beings and interact and roll dice on tables with friends like i just got that part back to my life and i'm enjoying it so much it's going to it's going to be soul crushing if it, it it gets to that point. Like, I, I don't know that I would ever quit a game over something like that, but it would that would genuinely be like honest to God depressing. Like, so I'm again not trying to make it political in any way, shape or form. I do just wish decisions were a little bit different and things would be a little bit different that we could get this thing kicked and we can all start returning to life as normal. Um, so here's to hoping um, my main concerns, of course, are that. I want our local businesses to stick around. I want my local game store to stick around so I have a place to go and play. And selfishly, I just want to be able to go out on Tuesday nights and play games. I really do. Um, yeah, I've got painting with Chris on Sunday. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. My hope is I'm starting new stuff. I, I think I, I think I may have mentioned this already. 
Um, I'm almost done with all of the models that I want to play in different varying lists for 2,000 points for my Necro. I have a handful of models that came in the Indominus box set that still need to be painted. And I have a squad of Lich Guard that I bought years ago that I never got around to painting that I have Prime that I should probably put up. And I think I'm going to finish all of those. But as far as Necrons are concerned, I'm done. I think I've got a grand total of... All right, so that's not entirely true. I do have a full squad of 20 upstairs I need to paint of my warriors that are replacing their, my retiring old small base Necron with the big ones. But like I batch paint those. Those are actually not that hard, especially with Necrons are a great army to play. If you're a 40k player, you're not really good at painting because literally it's Frylon, Null Oil, Highlight, Base, done. So like I genuinely can crank those out fairly quickly. Um, I'll even give you Chris's formula for how to do the the green glowy rods because they actually do look really good. I'm really impressed with the way those came out. Actually, <laughs> um, I'm enjoying so much so that I because I have a combination of my old models and new models. There is a couple of models that came out when they're late fifth edition, early sixth edition codex came out that still has that little the circle line bars that go through the weapons that I'm now going to go back and repaint with the new scheme so that they all match. Yeah, because they. So, like, for example, I have uh, three Annihilation Barges that I now look at and I hate because they don't match the rest of the scheme. So, I mean, but that's that's 10 minutes worth of work. That's going through with white to go over all the stuff that's there and then doing the contrast paint over it and then they're done. But I want them all to match now. So I have some touch up, but like in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be done with my Necrons. And then the question is, well, where do I move from there? Um, my son has pushed me in the direction. I It's a little hard to see. But behind me, I have three Trigons and a winged Hive Tyrant that are sitting there primed in white waiting to get painted that I have never got around to painting. I'm probably going to shift gears and maybe finish those. Um, I also probably have a full squad of 20 um, Gene Stealers I need to do, but Gene Stealers are super easy to do. Like, they're not that difficult to paint up. And a Broodlord and maybe a handful of other Necrons. Like, it's getting to the point, though, legitimately, like, with the... The models that I know I'm going to be sending um, Chris's direction here really, really soon. Um, I'm running out of models to paint. So now I've got all these Indominus Marines. And what I'm telling myself, I have eyeballed um, combat patrol boxes I want to pick up. And I'm holding off. I'm hitting the brakes until all of that stuff's painted. Because once all that stuff's done, then I can start focusing on a, a new painted army. Are you a true hobbyist? You're supposed to have like 800 models that need to be painted. Well, that's, right, what so, it, that's, that's, that's what every meme shows me anyway. Yeah, yeah, the, the pile of shame. I do have a pile of shame. I'm going to send it to Chris. <laughs> it's out of my sight. If, look, legitimate. some of those models, honestly, Sean, I've had for probably a decade. It's one of those Oh, no, no, I believe it. It's, I've I, I picked get up it. in trade. Somebody wanted this. I traded this for that kind of thing, and I've just never gotten around to painting it. And if I've never put it on the table, like, I'm at the age now... If I haven't put it on the table to actually play with it, I'm probably never going. Now, sure, could the rules change and Land Raider Crusaders could be awesome again, then I'm going to have to go out and buy them again? Maybe. Sure. But until that time happens, I don't need three of them sitting in a box that I haven't painted. I have yeah. five Rhino chassis in different degrees of either a Razorback Rhino or a Predator that I'm never going to field. I, I, I'm a gigantic fan of the Vindicator, and I think it's a really cool-looking model. I think I might hang on to that one if I get the itch to paint some more like Astartes Marines kind of stuff. But beyond that, I think the rest of it's all going uh, either the the route of the eBay or the route of the Chris. So 
only the only stuff I have left is stuff that still needs to be painted. So what it will do is it'll force me into a position to be like, okay, you got this new box set. You have to paint it all before you can buy something else. Like if I keep telling myself that, I can start keeping that position of everything I show up with is painted. No, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Because trust me, I was that guy. I was the, hey, neat, I'm going to play this army. I'm going to spend $500 to go buy all these monos and played with gray plastic for years and years and years until I had been shamed by Chad. Like, oh, look at that. You don't even have a fully painted army. Oh, so, no. I, I felt that because my son has his stuff primed and then started painting some of his stuff. And I don't know if you could see it in the picture I sent you guys, but but I'm playing with all gray and that half of his stuff is at minimum primed and some of them already have color. And I'm just like, Man, this looks this looks terrible on the table like this. And it's like, even if I just had them primed, you know, with the blue, you know, just yeah. get the McCrag blue primed and start them out that way, it would have been better. But, of course, I only have, you know, what, 17 models put together. So I can't feel that bad. Really. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's, just the beginning. it's just the beginning for you. It's fine. Like, I've – I found when I was going through – Oh, that's the other thing. I finally have broken down and I put those two, the two Alpha Wing Star Wings on eBay. Like, I can't, like, I can't keep <laughs> the, I can't deny it anymore. Like, I, because here's the deal. I really want to add two or three more models to the Sisters of Battle. And if I want to do that, I need to be able to pay for those. And if I've got two Alpha Wing Star Wings that are just sitting there collecting dust and I'm probably never going to field, there's a part of me that feels like maybe I'm keeping those out of circulation for someone who does want to field it and does want to play it. And if, I mean, I'm going to make a hundred bucks on them. I'm going to make a hundred bucks. On them. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion that like you should just keep what you're actually going to play now. Yeah. And I, that's yeah. my, that's actually, that, that's actually where I'm at too. Yeah. Start thinning the ranks a little. If I'm never going to play first order, I should probably get rid of my first order stuff. If I'm never going to play resistance, I should get rid of my resistance stuff. I already planned to send Chris all of my scum stuff. Cause as cool as the faction is, it's not, it's, it's always going to be, I'm always going to fly Imperials and rebels that like legitimately, that's always going to be star Wars for me. So that's probably all I'm going to ever fly moving forward. Should keep first order. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Cause it's Kylo, you know, Kylo, I know, and I've got the fat Kylo. <laughs> I like my fat Kylo. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I don't have a ton of first order, so I don't think it's going to make or break it if I just only hang on to five or six ships. Um, but I mean, I got oodles and oodles and oodles of stuff over the years of playing X-wing that literally that was the probably the first time I cracked that box in eighteen months. Like before before the pandemic was probably the last game I played physically in um, on a table. So yeah, and the epic ships. I'm going to keep the Epic Ships, not because you can't find them anymore, just because they're damn cool. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I'm, that CR90 is still so, it, it's badass. To have that Curling Corvette, it, I, sometimes you just, I just look at it, just, oh, look, it's so cool. Yeah, I got two of those, so if you ever want a second one. Uh, so I had, a, all right, this is how insane I was. Because we were doing, we did this event. This is one of the events that actually got kicked off the X-Wing community at my local store. What we did, Chad and I hosted an epic event when the CR90 came out and we had three on the table. He had one and I had bought two. I've since sold one because one someone wanted one. But at one point in time, I owned two and we had three CR90s on the board and we just had all these other little ships. And legitimately, we set the scenario up so that people could just literally walk up to the table, roll some dice and like, oh, you're dead. You want to play again? No? Okay, cool. And then they would leave. And that's legitimately that event is what kicked off the X-Wing community uh, there at the store was just just seeing CR90s on the table. And then nobody ever played Epic as much as I desperately tried to get it going. But yeah, no, so that's it. Um, not not more than not a ton more. Like I said, it's been only been about a week. I'll have more to talk about on the next episode because I should probably have two more weeks of 40K going on. 
I think I'm going to make you uh, play a game of X Wing at some point as well. We'll play a game on Battle. Or right, you can great, play Chad in the store. That's a great idea. I'll let I'm you gonna, choose, but you know. Oh well. So it's funny to me because, like, for me, it's like I want to play. Get, we're switching this week coming up. Um, Chad's going to play my son. Uh, yeah. I'm going to play Logan. Um, just because I want Chad to play somebody else, and maybe things will come turn out a little bit different. I don't know that they will because Gabe's list is pretty brutal. Um, but I also want to see how bad it is fighting against Gasgol because Gasgol seems like a monster, but the Nightbringer is also equally monstrous. So there's a part of me that wants to do like a an arena battle, just crash them into each other in the middle and see which one comes out in the end kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, so we'll see how it goes. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, so in the podcast crap channel, I posted the four tweets that came out this week from Atomic Mass Games. So we have some like pilots and more upgrades and the actual dials and the action bar, um, uh, upgrade swaps for the ships there. Now, for the record, Chris was, we were going to save this for the next show because we were going to be getting off to Inquisitor Martyr, and now that's not going to happen. Well, I figured that we, by the time I condense this, um, we're at less, it would be like 40 minutes. So I figured we could, you know, try and push for the 90 minute mark. Sure. Uh, We can can put a pin in it if you want to, and we can uh, go and play Inquisitor. I'm only oh, thinking we, of, or if you just want to do half of them, I don't know. There's no way I'm going to get through half of these. I'm going to want to go through all of them. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, so we're going to start looking into these new Y-Wings that are coming out. Um, we've got a named pilot, Lega Fosang. Uh Initiative 3, while performing a primary or turret attack, you may reroll one attack die for each friendly device or calculating friendly ship in the attacking, in the attack arc. Now, that's interesting. For each friendly device... So, they drop bombs. Yeah, I'm trying but to think... They, they have to be bombs with delay fuses or mines, effectively. Right, because I'm trying to think of... If it's in your forward firing arc, your primary firing arc, that means you're going to run into it next turn unless you do something special here. So, that's interesting. I like the idea of um, adding attack dice, especially if, like... We only have one turret, to my knowledge. It's, um, uh, it's still a dorsal, but it's terrible. Okay, so like I said, we only have one turret that I'm aware of. That's yeah. any, that's worth, so that's an inter- interesting pilot. Uh, we'll see how that one turns out. We do have some upgrades that come along with them, too. Um, Overtuned Modulators uh, comes with one charge. Uh, it is an illicit, just, for the same, just so we're on the same page. Uh, during the system phase, if you are not stressed, you may spend one energy to gain three Calculate Tokens. Ooh, now that's interesting. Um, during the end phase, if, uh, your, uh, charge is inactive for each green token you remove, you can gain one. One strain. One strain. So basically it's saying if you're going to put those calculate tokens on, you damn well better use them because otherwise you're getting... But it's not even that. It's every end phase after that. Oh! Yeah. So, Oh, I did not read it that way. Yeah. Because the two, the two independent statements. They are. That they are. Yeah. If, if in any end phase your charge is inactive you um, and you remove a green token, I, yeah, sucks to be you. But I actually don't so think it's that bad. So, so there's a little bit of risk-reward in that card, then. There's yeah. a lot of risk for a, a one turn of reward. That's what, well, I, so remember, that's what my fear with that is. In the, in the end phase, so you've got an entire planning phase to d- dial in a blue and strain... I believe a blue move clears all of your strength. Correct. 
but you're going to be gaining it every turn if you're even at minimum if you're taking a focus action. I mean, you always spend your focus turn. Never, never once. No, <laughs> not always. I mean, so I mean, don't get me wrong. Having the hmm, this is this is the problem I have with with oh, could it be good? Sure. Because in an instance, you could have a three attack range that you've target locked, that you've spent to target lock. You come up with all eyeballs. You spend all three calculates to get all three hits. Through. Sure. It could happen. What could also happen is you could either roll all hits and blanks, never actually use the calculate tokens, and then get stuck with three strain right there. Do you want me to tell you why this is going to be good? I would love to yeah. hear. I mean, don't get me wrong. So I've seen be, the, the, the reason it's going to be good is because of the negatives that you spoke about and how risk averse the general X-Wing population is, and the fact that that means that when this card comes out, it'll be like one point. Yeah. All right, yeah, you're So it'll right. be massively undercosted when it comes out. So I'm like, I, do, yeah. I don't care. Like, I'm going to take it on a ship, but clears stress, and like, I'm going to put it on something that's got good blues. I do think it's important to note that that's a generic. That can that can go on any ship that can take an illicit upgrade. Yeah, yeah. So you can put it on um, on Star Vipers and... You know, mm-hmm. yeah, be easy. So we have a new astromech, the watchful astromech. I, hmm, I still wish they bring because they did not bring K two K T K two S two over. Did the the uh, the pink astromech? They did not bring that back over yet. Did they? I don't think so. Uh, I wish they would. This would have been a perfect spot, at least, to use the artwork. But alas, that's that's just a personal thing. Uh, after you perform a reload action or a rotate. Call, Rotate, thank you. I was I was trying to figure the exact wording for it. Um, if you are in an enemy ship's firing arc, you may perform a red calculate action. That's an interesting one. Um, because especially if you're in a position where you're trying to like you know you're out of arc, it at least gives you the opportunity to turn your turret or reload your uh bombs and then at least take some sort of defense because you're basically know you're gonna get shot the next turn anyway that turn anyway. I like it. I don't know that it's great. I mean, I like it. So this is the opposite of the other one. So this is this is buying insurance. So they yeah. love this will cost like fifty points. Yeah, this will be terrible because it'll, right. it's if you good. so if you reload, you can't shoot. I mean, no, that's a lot. It's a generic one, so maybe on like um, punishing one, but no, because even then you. No, I don't. I don't see it. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> one one red calculate on a ship that has has these actions. So yeah. Well, that's a generic as well. It's any ship, any ship that can take an astro, I can take it. So it's not. I mean, I when you look at this, the contents of the box and you look, okay, you're thinking specifically this was designed to fly with a ship. Yes, but there are other ships that can take astromechs that it could be good on, that have better dial. Yeah. Last but not least, for the uh, for the Y wing bombers, we've got L four E R five. Is that supposed to spell laser? Because it looks like it. this is a resistance only. Uh, Astro Mike, it does give you the reload into a calculate for rotate into calculate, rotate into calculate for a white. Now that's pretty darn good. Um, yeah. at the start of your engagement phase, uh, you may transfer one calculate token to a friendly ship in your in your firing. Yeah. Hmm. A little bit of the old was that Horton Song that used to do that? Something similar, or is it um? What was the Y wing before they used to pass uh, focus tokens? Focuses. I don't know. I I'm thinking Jake Farrell yeah. that. Yeah, Jake can make it passes out focus actions. Garvin, you, uh, as you spent focuses, you could pass it to a different person. Uh, yeah. And then the Y-Wing, I think, would have been the guy who gives target locks out. 
Ah, uh, maybe that's what it was. Dutch, 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 Dutch. Yeah, Dutch. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking a Dutch. This is going to be good. Again, it's going to be points dependent, but this is going to be good because it basically gives you it hands on to the. Hang on, let me take a look at the action bar again on the Y wing for this one. So first of all, it goes into what we were talking about before. It's adding more. It, it's more bolt on stuff. It's more bolt on stuff for the Y wing chassis. That adds the rotate that's white and into a into a white calculate. That's I, I'm really liking the design space of how they did this with the wire. So what you want to do is jump, skip the next post I did, and go to the next one down after that, which is Y wings again, because okay, then you perfect. can see the upgrade bar and the dial for Y wing. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, so they do get it. whoa. Okay, so uh, let's look at the dial first. I'm surprised. Uh, this doesn't actually surprise me. Now I'm thinking about it. So uh, they have uh, one banks and one's uh, straights uh, all in blue. Uh, they have the entire two suite. Uh, only the two straight is white, but everything else or is blue. Everything else is white. Does have a hard three uh, in red, a three straight in blue with three banks. Has a four straight in red and a five K turn. So pretty much what I was expecting. I like the five K. I like the five K. Yeah, the five K is nice. Put some distance between. It's the upgrade slots that I'm kind of diving into. So it does have the um, it does have the talent slot. It does have the modification slot. It obviously has the turret slot. The art so slot. So that's a tech slot. Tech slot. Thank you. Yeah. You're right. Um, you can take at least one device. Two modifications and the title. Yeah, yeah, I think. It, I mean, that's for the um, the New Republic Patrol, which I think was the Initiative Three generic mm-hmm. from memory. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. So it the, seems two modifi- good. the two modification slots is generally where I'm getting into the bolt-on stuff that you can put onto this chassis. So you take like this would please you. You could take an engine upgrade. And then you could give it expert handling for a talent, and then you've got a white barrel roll and a white boost. On a Y-Wing. On a Y-Wing. And uh, when you do them, you may perform a calculate action. Right, because you got the astromech on board. It's probably oh, like 58 points, <laughs> but... But yeah, there's a bunch of uh, interesting things you can do, I think. I think so, too. Uh, the next pilot we have is at Initiative 4, Teza Naz. Uh, while a friendly ship is at range 0-2, to two, performs an attack if the defender has a... Sh- has a ship friendly to the attacker in each of the side... Oh, okay, I should say, in each of the side arcs, uh, the attacker may reroll one attack die. They, they love putting words in uh, yeah. in these cards to make them difficult. So if a ship you're shooting at is, is in between two of its friends, you get to reroll one attack die. Yeah, so if you're facing against a swarm, for example, or they're in flying in some type yeah. of formation... Shoot the one in the middle. Yeah, shoot the one in the middle, and then you get an extra attack. Or you get to reroll an attack die. It's a soft. Yeah. It's a soft mod. I like that. And then in niche four, that's a good. That's a good spot for it. Yeah, and it's all friendly ships within zero to two of you. Mm-hmm. So it does work on her. So as well. it, yeah, her here. I don't know if Taz is male or female. That that character, I don't know. Yeah. And Sasha Zaro coming in initiative three. After you after you defend, you may choose a friendly ship in your rear firing arc at range zero to two, and one of your green tokens. If you do, that green token gain that that ship gains a matching green token. So this is even better. There's some more action economy. Yeah, I like this one as well. So you can have the astromech on the first ship that fires, and if it doesn't spend it, you can pass that. Well, you can no, you don't even need to pass. It's not a passing. They just gain. The token. This is after you, so they have to shoot at you, and that. So yeah, this is the ship you want to lead your charge with, right, and then right. just let it. Like what yeah, I would like, do, because I'm an absolute of, douche, 
is I would take like the re um oh, what's it called um reinforced deflectors because then you because I think Republic have got a way to carry over a token into an X phase oh even like just, if you can get multiple actions so you you reinforce the front and then have the focus token as well from um I say coordinate or whatever and you just charge forwards with this reinforced Y wing. And let, it, let people shoot it so you can just give everyone behind you focus tokens. Be fine. What says A friendly ships? You can only do it once. Although every time. After would, you defend. So every time you that defend. Would yeah. Every single time she shot. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, I rolled, yeah. I rolled a focus. You know what? I'm going to let you have that. <laughs> you just pass focus to all the ones that have target locked behind me. Good luck. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's going to be interesting. All right. So. so Skip to a bottom one now, because this is the one that Sean was interested in, I believe. Oh, I wanted to see the Whisper. I know, but All I right. want you to save that until last, because that's one you're excited about. I know, I know. All right, fine. <laughs> fine, 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 fine. <laughs> All right, so, the TIE SE Bomber. Uh, ooh. Okay, so this actually kind of does... Eh. This does surprise me a little bit, actually. So it does have a one hard turn. Uh, it is red. It has the full suite. So it has the full suite of uh, one. Uh, the one turns are red. The banks are white, and the straights are blue. It's the full suite of twos. Only the two are straight. Everything else is white. Has the full suite of threes. Uh, everything's white, with the exception of the uh, blue uh, three straight. It also has a three sloop, Sengar's loop. Four straight. Oh. Yes. This is a B wing and a half. Yes. Sean's a big fun. Oh, yeah. ha, 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 love it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I love B wings. This is this might be my resistance B wing that I have uh, to buy. Your first order B-Wing. First order B-Wing. First, first, sorry, first yeah. order B-Wing, yeah. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> I, so you, oh you get to drop bombs with it, so you can do the... Oh, yeah, uh, I didn't get that far. And this is the system phase boost as well. So, yeah, what, where do we go from a pilot? So, yeah. It's got a new, get up with the upgrades that it's got. I think this is for, which one did you say this was for? This looks like it's going to be for the initiative two. Um, it's going to have a talent slot. At initiative two. At initiative two. Just throwing that out there. No, um, maybe I'm wrong here. I'll do, I'll, you keep well, going. It's, it's, first, it's, yeah, it's first order cadet, so. Yeah. Mm. The tech slot, torpedoes, missiles, the gunner slot bombs and one uh modification slot so this yeah, it's, is it's initiative three. Oh, it's for the initiative three one yeah well once again though we're talking about an unnamed pilot so yeah. a non-prime pilot getting special things that you can really do quite a bit with and these so what would you say about 60 points a bomber mm, i mean after you've loaded it up it will be yeah after yeah i don't know about yeah that. i mean yeah i would want it if you Let's have a look. We're going to do the thing that everyone hates and compare it across faction. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily fair. So, Gamma yeah, Squad. So, it's Gamma Squadron Bomber. Well, oh, oh, the Gamma Squadron Bomber is 30 points, and that's the initiative 3 Empire Bomber, which has the same amount of hit points, only two, six from a hole instead of four hole, two shields. So, then, like, your ability's a lot better. You're still a two yeah, dice yeah. primary. Uh, I reckon it's going to be like 35 points. So at 35 points, you're fielding, what, five of them? <laughs> yeah, I think you probably do five once you put some missiles or torpedoes on them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then they just become range one knife fighters after that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be honest, you're going to put bombs on as well, because that's oh, absolutely. So, so you're going to 
silly. You're going to fly four of them and find filler for the fifth. And then you're going to, you're going to sit there and play that. I mean, I play them just like B wings at this point, B wings with massive bomb loads and missile loads. Yep. The, the thing to remember with them as well is like, Oh no, my, my hard one is red. Like, if only I could just do it in the system phase, it's a white boost. Exactly. Right. Because, yeah. like, exactly. You could put Daredevil on it, and then you could do, in the system phase, you could do a hard turn. Yeah, it's the, it's then, the GT, GTFO, and yep. here's my crap behind me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it still counts as a tie, so all those stupid tie upgrades you can take will fit on yep. it. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's it's an ugly shit. The pilot too is interesting. I was just oh, grudge. Yeah. So grudge comes in the hateful harrier. Uh, I like that. I I love the the subtext. Uh, comes in an initiative two. Uh, when a friendly bomb or mine at range zero to one detonates each time an attack die are rolled to resolve this effect, you may re roll one of those dice. Say what now? So so reread that whole thing. So well, re-read. a friendly bomb or mine at range zero to two detonates. So it has to be a friendly bomb, or so a mine or a bomb that's friendly to you. You don't have to have dropped it. Someone in your squad has to have dropped it, and it has right. to be detonating. So either a mine that someone's ran over, or um, at the end of the activation phase, a bomb going off. Each Can't time you roll an attack it? dice for it, um, you you may re-roll up to one of those dice. So say I'm playing against Ed, and Ed flies into my nest of, like, 12... Um, no, instead of we'd, we'd be running five of them, so we'll call one of them Grudge as well. So I took thermal detonators on all of them, Ed. You so you, you're you going into all ten of them because you shit at the game. We'll just assume, yep. no. Of course, absolutely. I agree, 100%. Yeah, so every time one of those thermal detonators goes off, as long as it's within range zero to two of me, I get to re- you roll, and then if I don't like a result, I can re-roll it. Yep. So, right. This is just, this, this is, looks like it could be really fun. Yeah. A very fun ship to fly. Yeah. Well, it goes back to like, this is one of the things I know everyone hated it whenever, um, I'm going to say it because I know that it drove people nuts when the flying toilet seat, the jump master <laughs> came out. Um, one of the things I loved about when that ship came out is for the longest time, ordinance was not a thing in X-Men. They were in the base game. They came in the core set. And then, you know, you, maybe you saw torpedoes occasionally. But up until that point, nobody was using Ordnance. Now, I know that second edition is different. I know that people are still flying things a little bit different. But like this, this is going to be like a full bomber list. If you're just dropping bombs all over the place or bombs and mines, this guy is a gigantic multiplier. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, wait. And there's more. Yeah, Feed- I'm not finished. Oh, Feedback I- ping. Oh, I was really bad. excited for this card until I looked at the bottom left-hand corner. Where it said you have to have the reload action? Where it said I have to have a reload action. Yep. So, after an enemy ship executes a maneuver, if it is at range 0 to 1 of a friendly device, you may acquire a lock on that ship, ignoring range restrictions. What? Yeah. So, uh, at minimum, this ship can take it, correct? Yes, because you do have the, the reload yep, action. Yep, you have the reload. So I, just I just wanted to put it on TIE Fighter, because it's an, a talent as well. So, right. I, w- I wanted to put it on normal TIE Fighters, have uh, black squadrons. Oh, yeah, I yeah. So you could get the get the target lock. Yeah, like have a, a Punisher launching bombs up the field, and then a mini swarm getting target. Oh, and I was like, oh, this will be so, this will be fun. And then oh, reload, boo. Yeah. But if I put it on four of these things or five of these things, you know, 
Yeah, that's all you need to do. Sean's right. You just need to run a swarm of these things. You're going to run five yeah. of them, then they can all do it. I, I literally think this is a great compact. It's like B-Wings for me, you know, running B-Wings in the Pixid formation. Yep. And, you know, loading them out as much as you can, do as much as you can with them, and then use the abilities on these things. You know, I mean, even if they're pilot skill or the the initiative three ships, and they don't really have much in the way of what they do, having that on there alone makes four or five of these things brutal. I, I agree, 100%. You know, and then, and then you're drop- just feeding into that generic ship meta again, Sean. I know. <laughs> Which I love. Uh, I'm a huge fan convers- of the lost conversation. You just need a way to get the device up the f- up the field. Is you need you need to suicide ones. What you need to do? Yeah, yeah. Because the best part about this is I can actually fly this and fix it again. Yes, because it has the one straight, and, and that's the key. You know, the way to keep formation is fly slow, and then you send the ship out when you need to to sit there and just drop I the bomb even, wherever you need it. I didn't even. Twig under one straight, Sean. I'm terrible at the game. I was thinking like normal TIE fighters were like the TIE advanced, sorry, where it's one herds, one banks, no. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But but what makes that that formation flying on like the B Wing, like I talk about, is that one straight. It just it it amplifies what you can do with them. Now the bad thing about these is there's only two green dice, which but it's still one better than a B wing. Yep, one yeah. better than B wing, and people did it with B wings all the time. And if you can pop target locks and some some missiles at them, and then drop some bombs in your wake while they have to sit there, and all you're doing forcing them to do is just break formation, take them out of what they're trying to do. Yeah, this could be pretty good. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's going to be range one of the device, but if you're running all generics, you can easily pull that off. Mm -hmm. Because it's not limited. Right. The problem we have for First Order is that this is the only ship that can take a device. And that's fine with me. Well, sorry. (laughs) Technically not true, because I I don't know, remote devices. You've got the sensor boy. Um, thing, but no, that's wrong. It doesn't matter. Well, I'll just be wrong. It's fine. No, just I'm. I'm just saying, if you're going to put a ship in a box, so if this all comes in that box, I don't yeah. think you can ask. You you really can't ask for more at that point. I don't think. Well, Ed would ask for the tie whisper. I know he would. Oh, I suppose I get to talk about that now. Yeah, I'm allowed. See, see how okay. I segued that. It's a good segue. It was awesome. All right, so let's look at some dials. Um. A little bit, it's a quicker ship, so I totally understand this. So, uh, the only thing that it has in ones is the hard one, which for a normal a TIE knife fighter, bit, what's that? That's yeah, like a normal, normal TIE fighter thing, like a normal TIE. It does have the entire suite of twos, the two banks and two straights are going to be blue. Uh, it has the entire suite of threes, the three banks and the three straights that's interesting are blue. It also has the three Segner loops, it has a four straight, which is blue, a four K turn. And a five straight that's blue. I like it. And a 5K turn. This ship's all over the board. With the Sagnar loops, the 4K and the 5K, you have no idea where the ship's going to end up going as far as whenever it decides to pull the old Choreogram. And then it's got enough blue to clear all the stress. Yeah. yeah. All you're lacking is hard turns being blue, but that's been something they've been playing around with since the Jedi came out, really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but doesn't the ship base come with a boost? Yeah, so it's got a boost into a reload. I don't know that it... I mean, I agree, you're right. It is missing that, but there are ways... It means a boost into a rotate. 
well, well, yeah, it does boost into rotate, but I mean, it does have a boost. I was looking for the main, yeah. the main thing. Um, it does come base with uh, two talent slots, uh, a missile slot, uh, device slot, or the tech slot, and then of yeah. course the title. And we've got a new pilot, Wrath, coming in at I five. Um, that's pretty good. The Herald of Destruction. After you perform a bullseye attack, if you have one or more non-lock. Red or orange tokens, you may perform a bonus attack against a different target. Woo! All right, so then the question becomes is what non-lock red tokens can you pull off on this base? Stress. So if you do, uh, if you stress yourself and have a bullseye shot, um, I mean, if we look again at the, I don't think I linked it, but we, t- we spoke about it last time, the jamming suite. Well, you can jam yourself now, which would give you an orange token. I I didn't think about that. You're right. You're right. Well, because I was thinking more along just like baseline, the fact that it's got a Sagner's loop and it's got all these different, like legitimately the stuff that I came up on the dial. It's got so many different options for being able to to pull off the old Choreograd that you could end up getting not one, but two attacks off it. That's, I mean, that's still baseline. That's still really good. This, oh, wait, this is the ship. This is the ship that only has a primary bullseye arc now i remember it's got the turret as well but it's only two dice attack right exactly but so you can some... have a, the turret pointing to a rear which could <laughs> be um as a missile um Correct. so you can shoot someone in the front of your bullseye and fire a missile at the back yep all in the same turn this could be hmm, and it's an i5 too this could be dangerous this could be this this is a really good pilot. It's situational, I get, but being able to pull off double attacks in this game is extraordinarily strong. I like it. Uh, it it's going to be this is going to probably be the the highest easily. Well, um, Kylo will Kylo will be in it, so. Well, Kylo will be in it too, but unless he's got a new subtype and his ability is different, I mean it could. They they are they have been experimenting with it. So it does uh, come with its Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I I can't remember um what he does, but I know he's got three force, so Oh, yeah. Yeah. So whatever he does, it doesn't matter because he's got three force, so it's going to be more expensive than Wrath. Because force is, I mean, don't get me wrong, cool mechanic they added in the second edition, but it, it costs you in the points department. Yeah. So it does come with its own tech slot, uh, tech as well. This is viable for both the Whisper and the Silencer. Um, yeah. At setup, gain one cloak token. That's interesting. Yeah. While you are cloaked, other ships cannot acquire a lock on you. During the end phase, if you are cloaked and there is an enemy ship at range 0 to 3, you must decloak. If you do, that decloak fails, lose one cloak token. So basically it's a one-time... What was yeah. the... Um, um, a... um, Contraband? No. Yeah. The, yeah, I don't know. There used to be a one-shot cloaking device. Yeah, it was when you rolled a focus. It's still in the game. I just can't remember what it's called. Um I could work, My, I suppose. It, so basically, it's an illicit it's, upgrade at the minute. I'm just trying this. So they can't acquire a lock on you, so they don't get the options for it. It's just called a cloaking device. So, okay. Wasn't it called something different in first edition? Like it was like because it was it used to be an illicit. It was like I don't know contraband. Like you said, yeah, it was from a Mist Hunter pack. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's just a cloaking device. I don't know. Well, because the Phantom had the advanced cloaking device, the one that didn't yeah. fail, I guess. Ah. <sighs> So that's an interesting one. It's a setup that you would be able to pull off the cloaking token. That's, again, I like the design space that they're playing with being able to have a ship come on the board already with a cloak token, getting all the the, benefits from This just makes me want to pay the 32 points or whatever it is for supernatural reflexes on Kylo. Uh Yep. Because, right, so I'm cloaked, which means 
in the system phase, I get to decock. Yep. So I could go in the system phase, I could decock two forwards. Then I could use supernatural reflexes in the system phase to do a, a one bank boost to a left. Then I could barrel roll to a right off auto thrusters. Then I could perform my two hard to a right. And then I'll take my focus on oh, my target locks. I've got force. Yep. Yeah. There's three of them, by the way. Yeah. It is, re- it is restricted specifically to just the Whisper and the Silencer, so it's not going to be the same. But, I mean, mm. does this feel like a fixed card to you? No, I don't think. I think it, outside of stupid use cases like that, I think I think it's just a good tech. So I, I don't think it's... Yeah, I'm not arguing. It is good tech. I like it. Yes, I don't think I would always take it because, one, it costs points. So I, I don't always fill the tech slot on a Silencer. Um, and you, there's no agency. Like you have to have a cloak token when you start, which means that your um, weapon, like you can't fire until you decloak. Um, it's good. Um, I think it's nice if false transponder codes remains in the meta. It's a nice anti-meta choice because you you could roll in, get your target lock on them, then um, they can't can't target lock you. Yep. Uh, Interesting. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. Even like the lower initiative ones, it stops you from suffering alpha strikes from target hawks and stuff. Yeah, I definitely think it's going. Like, all of that's all one good, but it's going to be on Kylo. And yeah. basically, it's whether you'd rather have this or prime thrusters to be able to do your boosts and barrel rolls when you're stressed. So <laughs> always fun. Yeah. All right. It. So. I'm excited. I'm again not an entire. This is the reason why Chris told me to hang on to my first order stuff. It is the reason it I told you to hang on to first order stuff. It comes full circle. It does come full. It's almost like he planned that. All right. So we have actually run longer on our short show than we anticipated doing. What are we at? Like, I don't know. Uh, we'll be at about 90 minutes after I truncate the silence. Oh, okay. So then we're, we're, we're right pretty much where I wanted us to be. Perfect. So that's going to do it for this one. I do appreciate everyone tuning in. I know, Chris, you've got some of your uh, after show stuff you want to pimp in here real quick. So by all means, please do. Yep. So I just wanted to uh, say a big thank you to all the people who've reached out recently, uh, especially about the uh, the Eevee episode. Uh, a surprising <laughs> amount of good feedback for that one compared to um, it being the train wreck that it probably actually was. Um, but yeah, that was good fun. And um, yeah. A bunch of people actually messaged and, like I said, reaching out and uh, just thanking us for what we've been doing. So it's been nice. Um, but yeah, if you keep uh, keep doing that, you can obviously reach out to us at lackoffocuspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Lack of Focus Podcast. You can find us on the Dice Hate Discord, uh, which is always linked in the show notes to the show. And yeah, we've been having some good chats in there again recently, from back and forth. and people mocking me for my terrible choices in X-Wing. Um, Fairly active yeah. community, I would say. Yeah. Um, thanks again to all the patrons, obviously. Your support's been amazing. Um, I've not done the uh, Evade tokens yet, but we'll uh, we'll start working on those to try and get them sent out towards the end of the year. Um, but yeah, that's it, I suppose. Excellent. Sean? Always good talking to you, my friend. Yeah, it's good to be here. It was a fun night. It is. Chris, always good talking to you, my friend. Always good to be here. And as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We shall see you in the next one. And until then, fly casual.
Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.